You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back. Welcome back. Stop it. (laughs) Welcome back to the Oz Network for Star Trek Discovery, episode number 11, as I Google. Um, What was this one called again? The Lone Abyss? The Wolf Inside. Last week was the famous Madonna song, Despite Yourself, and now it's The Wolf Inside, the famous NXS song, I think. Um, Is it actually? Or are you being sarcastic? No, NXS had a song, The Devil Inside. I'm, oh. I'm going to play on song lyrics every <laughs> okay. week here. Um, all, right. all right, so Wolf Inside, episode 11, Star Trek Discovery, getting close to the end. Actually getting kind of decent. We'll cover that uh, over the next half hour or so. You guys, but... I love hold this on, episode. Hold on, hold on. We haven't even introduced it. ourselves. You... Buy it. Don't get that excited. Um, it's still Star Trek Discovery. We don't have to be that crazy. Anyways, my name is Colin, and I've got no clever line. And Dorians are in this episode. And my name is Jamie, and I'm the wolf inside. Oh, that was lame. (laughs) (laughs) You just mentioned the episode title. That's like (laughs) I didn't put much thought into this. uh, That that beats last week's. My name is Jamie, and despite yourself. Okay, okay, but you know what though? I'm pretty awesome, so I don't really need an introduction. So let's just get the show started. Okay, well, you started it before we introduced ourselves, so why don't you start? Um, Wolf Inside, episode 11. We hated last week's episode. Oh, it was awful. Um, Critics loved it, and we're living in this day and age, which I'll discuss in a second, where critics and audiences now completely disagree. Okay, but we're also living in the age where now the the newest and most hottest thing for people to do is to eat Tide Pods as a challenge, okay? Does that say something about this generation? (laughs) Uh, well, I'm trying to defend the mass audiences and trash critics, and you're actually making the case for the critics here. Because, um, anyways, just tell us what you thought of this episode, and then we'll talk about Tide Pod challenges. Well, anyways, so this episode was really good. Um, I thought it was really interesting. They kind of touched on some story points that I really wanted to, them to finish and, and complete. And, oh man, you guys, I don't know if, am I allowed to spoil anything or not really? I mean, yeah, we're going to assume people have watched the episode if they're listening to our recap on it. Okay. Okay, that's good. (laughs) He's a freaking Klingon. I knew it. I knew it. You knew. Okay. I told you about this theory before the mid-season break, and you're like, huh, well, that's interesting. And then last week, they made it as clear as day, and you're like... I think they're starting to hint at that there. And now you're like, I knew it all along. Well, you know what? I'm just kind of gullible. Like, even if somebody said, you know, I think I think that fr- friend of yours over there is pregnant. I'll start looking and analyzing everything when she's like, I'm really craving this. Or I'm feeling really tired. I'm like, you got a baby in there? I'm just so gullible. Yeah. I don't know. I believe everything that people tell me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, and then you come home and you tell me they're pregnant. I tell you, no, they're just fat. And you believe that they're fat instead. Well, you know, sometimes people just have food babies, but they go away. <laughs> um, okay, so you like this episode. What, I actually what, what agree was your with favorite you. part of it? We'll get to that when we talk about the episode. Let me just start off here. Why, why can't I, like, I host any of these? You really want that? You want to do the editing? If you're you're more than welcome to host. If you're willing to edit everything that gets messed up, I don't want to do that. I just want to be excited and talk really loud and be happy okay well (laughs) i'm gonna have to edit your yelling now thanks (laughs) no don't edit it anyways um i really like this episode too i think it's the most enjoyment i've gotten of this season i don't know if it's the best all-around episode i think the one where they actually went on a planet the other one where they went on a planet was probably maybe the best but this was probably the most fun i had and coming off of last week which is just so dull welcome surprise this is the main thing i want to talk about though critics now it's funny everybody's so confused by The Last Jedi or critics out there are so confused. How come all the critics love The Last Jedi and audiences hate it? 
there, there must there, and they're like there must be some fake you know audience scores out there like nobody can believe the last jedi was just a bad movie but we had hints of this before you go back to batman versus superman that came out and critics hated it and it had a good audience score and then audiences eventually just start listening to critics and they change their minds um you know same thing happened with justice league recently same thing happened with star trek discovery remember when the show debuted and every critic was like this show is fantastic this is like the sci-fi you know uh, new sci-fi uh, Battlestar Galactica. This is going to be, you know, Star Trek for a new generation. It's amazing. And audiences are like, ah, kind of hated that. We're so surprised that, like, critics are loving Last Jedi and audiences hate it. I think we're still caught there because I was reading the reviews for last week's episode, Despite Yourself, which we thought was so boring. And if anybody really disagrees with me, I, come, I will give you the form of coming on this episode to debate it. Um, critics loved it. And this episode, critics are pretty nasty towards it, which is so weird because they did something. They went to a planet. There was action this episode. The story progressed. Something happened, and critics are like, no, last week was better. No way. No, no. last week was awful. It, it just shows, you know, honestly, they know nothing. Yeah. But the Last you, Jedi is a terrible movie. But you, <laughs> you, you, were, you were really excited, though, to see these Michelle Yeoh? Yeah, well, yeah. she is one that's like a MILF for sure. Or, well, is she, or, or is she a GILF? I don't know if she's a mother. That's not... Anyway. Here's, what's, here's the difference between our brains. I'm excited for Michelle Yeoh because she is like a legend of Hong Kong movies. Oh, you think she's smoking. Well, that's not the point. That's not the point. The point is that... She Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is like, you know, late in her career. You look at even some of her early stuff that she did. Amazing. And I'm a huge fan of like, you know, the, the actual Hong Kong martial arts movies like Jet Li, Chang no, no, Fat, all that. So she's a legend. And we all we wanted was for her to come back. And she's back. But, even if it was for 30 seconds, but, we know she's back. And that's amazing. But you were really excited though when you saw, and we'll get to the Emperor thing, when you saw the... Um, the races that were down on the planet. What was that one that you said they looked exactly the same? The Andorians. And, and you were so That's happy what I said. about yeah. that. Yeah, I freaked out when the Andorians showed up. And, and here's the thing. I, they, I know the Andorians what, what, go back. What's their special power again? Can you remind me? They have a special power. They have ante- they're, they're paranoid. That's their special power. They're very paranoid creatures. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll try to show you what they look like in the classic series here, if I can find a picture. Uh, but, they look kind of like what I picture Martians to look like. Well, see, here's the thing. I don't remember them from the original Star Trek TV show. I know they were... Here they are here. So I know they were on the original Star Trek show, but I was exposed to them through Enterprise because I don't think I watched every episode of the classic Star Trek series. I definitely saw all of Next Generation and most of Deep Space Nine and stuff. But I remember when the episode with the Andorians aired in season one of Enterprise, and they were making such a big deal about the fact that they're bringing back this classic species... Uh, and they intentionally did not change the look of the Andorians in Enterprise. And it wasn't just the Andorians. I mean, they look cool. They look so retro, so 60s. But it was the fact that Enterprise, you know, decided not to change them. And the episode was amazing. And it's still probably maybe my favorite episode of the the, the Enterprise TV show. Um, Enterprise used them a lot more. I don't know how often the Andorians appeared in the Star Trek show. There's only one episode I know of. But Enterprise used them like crazy. And I mean, they're such a great species because... You know, they're, they have this rivalry with the Vulcans, and they are so super paranoid. And Enterprise show decided to, you know, put a spin on that and make it as like, well, maybe they're paranoid for a reason. 
But yeah, like they kept the classic look in the new show. I mean, you have you know little modifications they've made, but like the Andorians were there, and, and that gives me hope that we won't just have every species looking completely different, like they ruin the Klingons. Well, in in this mirror universe, they even though that you said they have a rivalry with Vulcan and stuff like that, all of these races have come together because pu- human beings are pretty much like people from yeah. hell. So yeah, we finally find out more about this mirror universe. You know, we found out a little bit last time, like Tilly as a captain um and Lorca okay I love her new look I just want to say that I love her new look I think she looks so gorgeous yeah well I mean she's not she's not repulsive Uh, (laughs) um (laughs) moments that will never be engined on air uh don't just just one of these distracting Jamie things this one will leave uh, no no this one will leave to people's imagination anyways (laughs) she's not picking her nose that's all I'll say um no, I mean, but getting back to my point, you know, Tilly's a captain, Lorca is a fugitive, um, the Burnham is, you know, the captain of the the Szechuan. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm sorry. I wish that we had a camera on I, this episode. I I just came home from work a little while ago, and any woman that's listening will understand that you have to take your bra off as soon as you come home, and I forgot to. I love how I always give you. You know, the the freedom to have your privacy when you do these ridiculous things. And I ask you, do you want me to edit this out? And then you'll be like, so I was just taking my bra off on air. <laughs> Whatever. And you sniffed it. <laughs> Why were you sniffing it? Because I, I was like, oh, I need to wash this. <laughs> it's not that bad, but I need to wash it. I didn't throw it in last time. Can we stay on topic for one week? Why are you embarrassing me? I didn't want people to know I sniffed it. Well, like, you know, it's not like it's my underwear where my butt was on it. Like, it's just like boop sweat. Everybody gets that. Seriously. Uh, you think Tilly got boob sweat in this you, episode? You know what? Can we get this on topic even you, by talking about boob no, sweat? No, you know what? I feel sorry for guys. You know why I feel sorry for guys? Why? Like fat guys. You know why I feel why? sorry for them? Because if they have moobs or, or whatever and stuff like that they don't wear bras and they must get boob sweat under, <laughs> underneath their moobs and they have nothing to absorb it so it's like really gross and sweaty underneath their moobies uh, um that's that's it okay uh so tilly is <laughs> captain she's hot <laughs> uh not really but anyways so we knew different things in the mirror universe and uh I guess this time we got to explore the universe a little bit. You know, we get to see other planets. We get to find out everything that's going on. You know, there is this coalition against the humans. The humans are kind of the Nazis in this universe. And this is very similar to other mirror universe, you know, uh, that we've seen in other shows and different timelines, different futures. And what was so great here is that they actually found it a way to make this seem very smart. It's not just, oh, it's everybody teaming up on the humans. But it's actually more about, this episode I think was more about is there potential to have peace with the Klingons or the Andorians or whatever that other species is? And I look like the worst Star Trek fan now if I don't know. Uh, is there potential for us Vulcans. to ever have peace? Vulcans. Well, I know about the Vulcans, but there was another species that I'm talking was about. Was there? Yeah. Oh. Um, but is there potential to ever have peace with them if you know we see that there is a timeline where they could rally together, even if it is against the humans? That there is some hope, there is a cause that would cause... A cause that would cause the Andorians, the Vulcans, the Klingons, and everybody to have peace. And the reason I liked that wasn't just because it was smart and it was an interesting way to really tie this episode uh, around its plot, but it actually 
made this prequel series make sense for the first time ever. You know, I loved in Enterprise when they would do things where you're really seeing the dawn of the Federation. Um, or, you know... The dawn is in, like, the dawn of the sunrise, or the dawn, like, the... D-A-W-N. Like, the dawn of the Godfather. How would that sentence make sense if it was the dawn is in the Godfather? Well, the dawn of the of the Federation. Who is the dawn of the Federation? Michelle Yeoh? I guess probably, she would be. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Solid point, Jamie. You, you mess with her, she'll cut your head off. Yeah, but... Um, you know, this is the first time we're having it as a prequel series. It makes sense because everything we've seen so far is the technology is way too advanced for this to be a prequel series. You know, it, it's got Klingons looking different. You know, it's got Spock's sister. All these things where it's like you didn't have to make this a prequel series. You could have just made it a Star Trek show even in the future. And here it makes sense. We're living in this age where nobody gets along. And it's seeing this Miri universe that makes them... Re- that is a tough two words to put together. Seeing the Miri universe actually makes Burnham realize maybe there is something as crazy as it might be there is some hope for us to reach peace with the Klingons which we know happens like you know next generation I guess would be the next time it happened but right. that's what I love most about this whole alliance it's not just seeing the Andorians and seeing all these you know great species like the Vulcans that were right together it was, it was that it made sense that this was a backstory yeah um you know I I was thinking about some things that I kind of discussed the last episode too where uh, at this point I was just theorizing but I thought to myself even in the episode I'm like how disgusted must she feel that there's literally this you know violent killer that's inside this guy and he's really a Klingon and she's clearly and they clearly showed like she slept with him yeah like how nasty must she feel well yeah I mean they, they say that they can change the organs and everything like that but uh, I mean what if they did reproduce <laughs> would it uh, are be they, half Klingon half are human? they changing his Vox sperm into Tyler sperm I is, mean is this even possible yeah well yeah. it's obviously possible they got it on but, um, but but is there any half breeds in Star Trek well, yeah there's tons is there yeah don't you remember Taurus the Vulcan half Vulcan half woman in uh, oh no but I mean Taurus is the daughter of Burnham and Valk, aka Tyler. Now we made sense of the series. Well, you said you said Vulcan and and human, didn't no, you? No, I meant Klingon. If I said that, I meant Kling, she was Klingon human. Oh, there's a Klingon human. Oh my goodness, we talked about this character um, <laughs> when we went over the uh, Star Trek Voyager cast or whatever. One of our rankings. Oh, I know her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I think she was half human. Oh. I mean, Spock is half human, half Vulcan. I did not know that. So we They always- showed his mother in this epi- series several episodes earlier. Even when they said previously on Star Trek Discovery, they showed the mother. You don't remember so, seeing so, that. So what if she has a Hugong hum- babe? A Hugong? Hugong babe? Hugong hum- baby. <laughs> Klingon human. Kling- what is the Klingman? Klingman? Yeah, the Klingman baby. <laughs> That sounds hilarious. I like it. That sounds stupid. Let's okay. go with it. <laughs> okay. Anyways, that you know that that's not really what the episode was about. But um, the alliance stuff was good. Uh, the whole war stuff we got to see a lot of. We got to see a planet. Yes, it's just a rock quarry. It's kind of like your typical you know location for Star Trek. I really loved the first planet we were on, which I guess was the second planet, but like the first one they really visited in episode. Uh, I would have liked to have seen more of this planet, or just more planet, period. But there was a lot going on in this episode, you know. I, I like what they did with Stamets. Well, but I mean, they, Stamets is still catatonic. Yes, but I like that it felt like they were actually going to do something with it now. Yeah, and, and again, my theory, which I think I mentioned last week, is that 
Stamets swapped places when they did this whole spore drive thing and hit the first time he did yeah that he swapped places because typical star trek mirror universe is you trade places with somebody and the other crew doesn't know so he swapped places with his mirror universe self which is why he acted differently and that when they did this 133 jumps stamets the original stamets was brought back but he was brought back catatonic because of the you know experience of going through this mirror universe or whatever it was um but or maybe something happened to him because he said something about the palace and the forest so maybe the empress did something to him i mean who knows well the forest i think is again um you know mentioning that episode on the planet the uh the one that i really liked from early but he but he said the palace yeah and and again that's probably something to do with the emperor yeah but that maybe empress. that's empress michelle yo um empress so maybe she was torturing him the way that you know you wish you tyrell tortured? was tortured yeah well maybe uh but the way that Tyrell or whatever it is was torturing tyler um i can't remember what's her what's her name uh the vulcan female oh my gosh what was it let's call her adam adam (laughs) it's just an oz network that's so you'd have to you have to listen to the network that you host on so non-klingon yeah you you clearly don't listen to the episodes here um but anyways the other thing i really liked was everybody just settling into their roles even though i do have some questions about it like, why... I don't know why we're supposed to get behind this whole plan um, about saving lives and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, well, they killed the somebody killed the doctor. Like, I'm sorry, Burnham has basically murdered a dozen people over the course of two episodes. You know, some of it cold-blooded. And there's no reason to do... I mean, she, she... Yeah, these are Empire people or whatever, but, like, what's the whole purpose of being there? I mean, there seems to be a lot of senseless killing for people who are so concerned with life among this Discovery crew or the Disco crew, as I like to call it. But um, I still like, you know, Burnham having to assume this role and especially the stuff with... Uh, I complain how little he was in last week's episode, but Saru. Here's... Here's how you can have Saru in only a few scenes and really have it mean something, which didn't happen last week. You know, he's a slave here. He doesn't even have a name. You know, she mentions the name Saru to him, and then he's sort of like, what? And it's like, oh, that's what I'll call you then. It's in honor of a friend of mine. And I really like that the whole relationship here, and even just on the end where he really sticks his neck out for her, you know, we got to see something in this... Again, this mirror universe is all about what is the hope of the future? What can we learn from this mirror universe if we can turn a, a poor slave to serve this, you know, uh, murderous captain, evil Burnham, is there hope for you know the rest of the world? Will Will Saru and Burnham ever get along in the real world? But I love that stuff, and so much of the character stuff worked this week. And I said how much I praised Jonathan Frakes and what he brought to Star Trek last week, and Tyler's the best example of that for me. Just wrapping up the characters here, because I hated the way they handled Tyler last week. There was something that just didn't click with his performance. His performance was solid this week. One week later, different director. Oh, yeah. So, last week was definitely part script problem, part actor problem, and part Jonathan Frakes problem. And I'm sorry that he got that episode. I wish he had had this one to do. But Tyler worked in this episode. And I'm behind him as a villain or a hero, whatever it is. This is the first time all season that I have really been interested in Tyler as a character. And who knows? I mean, he might be even the key... Uh, of doing some type of peace between humans and Klingons. Who knows? Yeah, It's hard to say. I mean, we're decades away from that. I think that's the one thing where they have to tread lightly. If they try to make this series about let's make peace with the Klingons, and you already know that that doesn't happen until sometime between the original... Well, basically, you know, after the Undiscovered Country movie all the way up to uh, the Next Generation TV show, then, you know... I don't know. Where's the suspense going to be in this series? 
placing the second half of the series in the mirror universe i think makes it interesting it makes it very star trek like uh, it gives you something i still want to see the other side i don't know if we're going to get it but i want to see the other side the way that uh because they did swap places so what are the evil burnham the evil Lorca, if they're even there you know what are they doing now i'm interested in the regular to see universe? that too and the question for you do you think that um because, you know, certain things we're seeing in this series that, you know, we're not seeing on other Star Trek shows, like the Spore Drive. This is oh, something... I still on, hate hold, the Spore Drive. Hold on, hold on. But this is something new that we've... <laughs> Leave my head alone. I'm people, trying to point you to the mic. People can hear me fine. I'm, I'm loud in Ukrainian and French <laughs> and Scottish. They can hear me fine. Believe me. So my question would be, um, you know we're seeing this technology for the spore drive that we've uh we we've no shut up we've never seen on any of the other series and i'm wondering if somehow at the end of this series whenever they end it if they're somehow going to tie in that it's not really something that they can go forward with using just (sighs) because just because it's it's not you know you can't accurately pinpoint where you might come out blah 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 or something else because uh, we haven't seen it in the future do you know what i mean well here's here's where i think they they wrote themselves into a corner because this show is like decades before next generation deep space nine voyager mm-hmm. um and in any world yeah you may have a technology like this where they could say you know at the end of this series it's too dangerous it's too unpredictable like you said i think they've already reached that point i mean they could easily write out the spore drive now just by saying look at what it did to stamets look at how it threw us into an alternate universe we should never use this again but well and, and the tardigrade it couldn't even tardigrade tardigrade, tardigrade oh it, it couldn't even withstand actually uh doing that either but so. the problem is that you've introduced this incredible technology that it doesn't matter how many moral issues you have with it, they would keep tinkering with this until they got it right. And that's where it becomes very implausible that we're to believe 60, 70 years in the future, um, you know, probably more like 80, 90 years in the future, nobody has figured out a way to make this work. And it's just, well, we just shelved the whole thing. You know, I just don't buy that. I mean, you know, the, the nuclear bomb is generally thought of, you know, to... It was used, you know, twice by the Americans in World War II. And yeah, it was used as a threat, as a deterrent for war for years. But it's generally thought of as like, it's not a good idea to use it. But it's not like they just dropped it. They're like, let's still toy with nuclear technology. Let's, you know, figure out what we could do with these. But I just don't see a way that this is ever going to make sense to just simply write it out. They'd have to find a really complex way to do this. Like maybe it just stops working. Every spore in the universe dies or something. Well, and and the thing is, I'm wondering what they're going to do now because they also had said that they need to find some way to actually get all this information back to their base or whatever to to help win the war and stuff like that. And they kind of haven't touched back on that yet. I know they're still. Are you talking about the 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 coalition, the rebels? No, like the the ones that are stuck in the mirror universe. They were trying to send something. Oh yeah. Well, no. Okay, this is what I'm confused about. Are you talking about how they... She was... Burnham was making peace, I guess, with the Vulcans, the Andorians, and all that. And it was about getting them out of their base? Or are you talking about them getting home to their own universe? Yeah, to their own universe, because they had to give some information to the Federation. Mm -hmm. Do you you remember what I'm talking about? I mean, I think that's the, the entire... You're talking about before they... This is so confusing. Before they went to the mirror universe? Yeah. And now they're stuck there and they they can't transmit the information to try to yeah. stop the war. 
Okay, I don't really remember. That was a couple months ago. Oh, but I mind. do, again, I, I'm interested to see so what they're going to do. Are you, are you or, serious that I remember something and you don't? Well, you could be remembering let, something that let, never happened. Let, that wouldn't be the first time. Let this be noted for the future. Yeah, and then when it we will, go back and rewatch this. It probably never happen again. When we go back what, and rewatch the series, the it never happened. What the heck is this, happened. by the way? That will give me nightmares just looking creepy, at that freaking, freaking picture. Creepy TV shows you should never watch alone. It's an article. You want to do this to fill time if you're done talking about Star Trek? I'm just wondering what the heck. The Twilight Zone. Some episode of the Twilight Zone still freak me out. I love the Twilight Zone. Oh, Tales of the Crypt. That's awesome. That's more comedy, isn't it? Uh, Paranormal Witness. I don't oh my know what gosh, that is. no, never. The X Files. Yeah, that one's a cool one. That's not really scary. Channel Zero. Don't know what Channel Zero is. We're just reading random articles on the internet now. Anyways, um, The Walking Dead. <laughs> okay, uh, but yeah, just getting back to what we were saying, I I I find it interesting this whole thing that she made peace with them they blew up the base they didn't show the base blowing up they they sort of showed that you know when i think you know all the other ships came in and they just fired down on the planet with this amazing firepower that that was it and it's like oh they must be wiped out but i think because we didn't see it there must be some maybe they beamed them out or something like with Lorca. you know you had to remind me because it was such a brief thing at the end of the episode we watched it like four days ago um Lorca is jettisoned out in space and then you know they teleport them back onto the enterprise or whatever um or discovery yeah. not the enterprise um get your star trek show right there's got to be something going on where not all those people are dead uh but i'm still interested to see where they go from here and this episode was basically what i expected it get would be this off of there <laughs> okay i'll just scroll up with we, we need this for later on i need this page um <laughs> Anyways, he, he, sorry guys. He still had that creepy picture. It's this little girl with like a huge, wide Joker smile and like just black eyes, no eyes. It's yeah, so creepy. Yeah, um, that was Tilly actually. Wow. No, <laughs> she's pretty. I will. She's not really. But anyways, big improvement with her look this week, Ugh. I guess. Um, uh, Tilly, I didn't hate her again. She's given a good performance. Give her credit it's, where credits due. Yeah, but that's because they're not overdoing it with her. Because Ugh, you're so mean to her. She's, it's just she's annoying. She they're trying so to make her. They're trying to. Week. Yeah, but I'm just just because there's one good week doesn't mean there's not ten other ones you know where what? she was obnoxious and annoying. No, you know and what? Stop right now. Not funny. Stop right now. You know what? I'm the mean one, and you're the nice one, and you're being a jerk. How am I being a jerk? Because I don't like tilly you know what we, i didn't like doctor every, everybody knows you you laugh harlan or whatever you laugh that? when you hear people say jamie's so nice you yeah i do because it's like you're, you, you don't you know and i both know you're you're nice to their face <laughs> but uh, well, no, i'm not saying i'm a backstabber but anyway you're the one who will get negative in most situations before i will but i'm just saying like you're the nice one be nice to her I don't have to be nice. I don't. It's not a thing about being mean. I don't like her character. I find her character Ugh. annoying. I found the doctor. The doctor was off. The I'm doctor so was more just his performance. He's, dead. he's. I'm glad he's dead I now. And watch back. this. They're gonna bring back the mirror universe version of him. That's how they're gonna find a way to work it. But it wasn't even until his last episode that I disliked him because the actor was so bad in that scene. Stop. And I made you. Hey, you admitted it. I made you rewatch that scene and how every line of dialogue he had was so monotone. No life in it. It was just awful. And you'll find out when they bring it back. Um, By this episode. That's it. Big thing to talk about in this is the big return. We knew that she was coming back because they said Michelle Yeoh would be coming back. We mentioned it a few weeks ago that, you know, if you look on like IMDb or whatever, she's credited for three episodes. She was in the first two episodes. We kind of figured after watching the last episode, well, Michelle Yeoh might be this emperor or whatever. 
Um, she is the empress, as you said. You don't have to say empress. You could just say empress. You corrected me last time. Empress. Whatever. She's the empress. And it's 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 like people who say, who say espresso, and it's like no, it's only espresso. Uh, so here's my point, and I have granted I have not Stop. seen everything that Michelle Yeoh has ever made, but has she ever really been a villain before? Uh, no. But honestly, my favorite, one of my favorite roles that she had was Memoirs of a Geisha. I know you're gonna go. What? I hated that movie. So if I could good. go on my Memoirs of. Because we'll never have a chance to talk about memoirs of a geisha on the Oz Network ever again, uh, unless somebody dares us to do it. Um, memoirs not- of a geisha is just—I didn't mind maybe the first half of the movie, but the second half, like all the stuff I was looking forward to in the movie, the war stuff, just killed it. I mean, I, it was I, so I'm boring. I'm still waiting for my Sailor Moon episode to be reviewed. Well, by the way. as soon as you listened to the first episode, you suggested to us Charmed, which was actually a great episode Ben and I recorded. I'll go back and listen to the random episode of Charmed we did. Maybe we'll do that. But uh, Memoirs of a Geisha, I'm not one of these people who's like, you know, you have to stick with a race exactly and everything. Um, you had a movie filled with a full Asian cast. You know, that's something that's unheard of even now, and that's one of the big deals they're making in Hollywood. But... The only Japanese actor in that entire movie was Ken Watanabe. You had like 16 girls in that movie. I love Ken Watanabe. You cast Chinese actresses. You cast Korean actresses. You cast Vietnamese actresses. The only thing they didn't cast was Japanese actresses in Memoirs of a Geisha. Just didn't make sense. And it was a boring movie. Uh, But Michelle Yeoh is good and everything. But uh, yeah, I don't know if she's ever been a villain. But how great is it that we get to see her probably play a villain next week? Yeah, I'm very excited for it. I love her. (laughs) <laughs> Lots of opinions on this. We waited all episode to talk about Michelle Yeoh, and that's I it. I just told you, all that I have to say is buy this episode. Okay, so this is going to be the most we've enjoyed Star Trek Discovery, and the least we have ever talked about it, as we are right around the 30-minute mark But here. that's kind of good, though, because you have less stuff to complain about, right? Yeah, that's true. I guess you can complain more when you hate something. That's true. Uh, if the Doctor was on this episode, or if, you know, other universe Tilly was on this episode, we'd have a lot more to complain about. Mm-hmm. Um, did we miss any characters? I mean, we talked about Tyler, the whole Klingon thing. I mean, that's that's crazy too. Now, is here's the last thing I have to ask: Are they going to go the direction of Tyler being a villain? Uh, there's three things here. Is he going to be the villain of the series? Is he going to be the villain that gets redeemed at the end mm-hmm. and becomes a permanent member of this crew? Mm-hmm. Or is he going to be the villain that gets redeemed but is sacrificed and dies and he's a one-off character? So is he going to be a villain that continues on in the show? A, a villain that turns back hero and continues on the show? Or one-off, he's done? Or somehow, like I said, maybe even part of any of those three where he somehow is able to start to help bond the yeah. human and humans. I mean... I'm but it might, not, opinion, it might not even come to that. Like, who knows? Here, I'm of the opinion that there's potentially something that's happened in the show. They're really taking a page out of the Game of Thrones book. And they figure if we just kill off characters and people don't see it coming, we're going to get more praise from the audience. Which is one of the things that people love about Game of Thrones. Because you don't, you can't predict a show if they just kill off the main character halfway through a season. Or with two episodes to go in the se- series. They killed off several main characters so far. I mean, they killed off the entire crew in the first two episodes. They introduced this new security officer, killed her off in episode four. Yeah. They killed off the doctor, and I'm hoping he's done oh, for good. Come on. Um, Tilly, you know, I'm sure they'll kill her off by the end of the season. End this episode already, because I'm just getting more annoyed with you. <laughs> uh, but 
I think they're going that route. And also with Tyler's story arc, it has become so big over the course of just a few episodes uh, and so groundbreaking for Star Trek that I don't think there's a way you could keep him on the show as a hero. You, They probably will have him redeemed at the end. But where do you go from here? Can Ooh, you imagine? I think I remember the name of the Klingon. Is it Latrell? Uh, maybe it is, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I'm calling her Tyrell. Uh, you're calling her Latrell. I think it's Latrell. Yeah, uh, but uh, the only thing I can think of is if you look at Data in Star Trek, what happened to Data when they had the series, they had the Generations movie where he had the emotion chip, and then they had the first contact where he r- really kind of sided with the Borg and started to become human. It was such a huge story arc. Insurrection comes around, and there's suddenly, well, what do you do with Data after that? You know, And they had to take a movie off before they gave him something good to get. Yeah. I can't see them doing anything else with Tyler past this if he were a hero because it's not going to be as big as this. So in my opinion, Tyler ends, end up, this series ends up being about Tyler, and Discovery will become famous as one of those shows where crew members get replaced, which is more realistic. You know, if you're on a warship, you know, whether it be in the Navy or, you know, if you're, if it's just, you know, a, a platoon um, or if you're in the Air Force, whatever it is, you're going to have people dying left, right, and center. You know, some of the, the life expectancy is like two weeks. So that's where I want to see this show go. Keep your few main characters, but have others be disposable. New characters all the time. Oh, hi. I'm still here. Yeah. You got nothing to say? No. All right, so... um, I'm tired. Let's rank this first, or let's do our ranking first before we do our rating. Fine, we'll do it the other way around. I'm here. Let's rate this. Buy it, rent it, bin it. Buy it. Okay, and I'm going to buy it as well as you pinch me. (laughs) I still don't think that even this episode compares to what we saw in Deep Space Nine or... Next Generation or well, the original series or Enterprise. Okay, here, this is better than Voyager here, you know suddenly, what? I'll though. Say, I'll say one thing before I want you to actually uh, end the episode, okay? Because I have to get this out with what you just said. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the thing is, though, and I'm not justifying how horrible some of the episodes have been, but like you said, number one, Star Trek, you know, it doesn't really go off without a hitch until it's, you know, had at least a second season or multiple seasons, you know, before they kind of try to find their groove. And the other thing is, you know, honestly just there's something just about honestly this generation where certain things are just what they are and it it's hard these days to really have something come out and have it feel classic and i think that's one thing that you got with previous seasons of star trek where certain things felt classic and even and i know that you like force awakens and stuff like that too but i don't love it but i like it no, no no i know but i find the same thing with star wars to be honest with you that like i watch the movies and they're good for what they are but they don't feel like classics to me even the what would you call those other ones prequels yeah that they made amazing like in comparison to the new ones for sure they don't feel exactly like the three originals but there's something about it because like i told you my favorite movie out of all the star wars movies is the phantom menace right but yet (laughs) this jamie i think you lost most of the audience and i like the phantom menace but to say it's the greatest no i'm saying it's my favorite one but (laughs) but but even with me saying that i can tell you that there's no star wars movies for any of the ones that they made past the original trilogy that can hold the candle to it Mm -hmm. and i just think these days you have to take things for what what they are because honestly i just believe people aren't as creative anymore i'm sorry i said it well sorry well i don't think anybody out there is going to disagree with that i mean people listen to podcasts to hear people complain 
but it's it's honestly just this generation and i'm not saying anybody who's you know around my age or younger or whatever is just dumb and should be written off that's not what i'm talking about but we live in a generation where there's all these stupid things that come up like you know tide pod challenges like i was talking earlier like how is this even a thing why are people doing this don't you remember our generation was the tybo challenge Whatever happened to Tybo? Well, at least you're getting healthier and fit. Billy Blanks? Where is Billy Blanks now? Like, like, what the heck? Like, were people, like, for a, a fun fad, you know, making it a big thing, you know, worldwide to overdose on something? Like, no, this is stupid. What does that have to do with Tybo? Tide Pods. Oh, I don't care about Tide Pods anymore. Yeah, honestly, it's it's so stupid. Tybo over Tide Pods, people. It's um, so dumb. All right, so we're both buying this episode. Yes. I legitimately would buy this episode. Uh, let's get to our rankings this week. Now, we struggled for the first half of the season to get Jamie to remember any characters from any show outside of The Next Generation, and some of The Next Generation characters she couldn't remember. Um, so we're going to go with the theme. Last week, we did Jason Isaacs. This week, we are going to do Michelle Yeoh. After this, we're probably going to have to move in like Patrick Stewart's or stuff like that. Um, Jamie's eyes perked up at Patrick Stewart's. Now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the best Michelle Yeoh movies, you know, being some of her Hong Kong movies like Tai Chi Master or, you know, Super Cop or whatever, you're not going to know these. Um, we're going to go with three movies that Jamie definitely knows Michelle Yeoh from. Um, Memories of a Game And here, show. I didn't even, I forgot she was Sunshine, you know, there's, that's a great movie. I, I didn't even, I forgot she was in, I've got it. We should watch Sunshine. Uh, you'd probably be creeped out by it. But anyways, three movies Jamie has seen um, Michelle Yeoh in. We're not going to include The Mummy 3 because, let's be honest, the movie wasn't great. She wasn't even great in it. Awful. Uh, she was better than you know some other people in she it. She was but... in James Bond. Yeah, Tomorrow Never Dies is one of the ones. Um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping you've seen it. Yes. And Memoirs of Geisha. Three movies Jamie has seen. Rank those three Michelle Yeoh movies. See, this is really hard because... Memoirs of a Geisha is obviously my favorite above all of them. And then Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and the James Bond one. They're both awesome, but I probably would put James Bond last. <sighs> yeah, I know. I'm out Memoirs of the, I, I know. I'm out of this family. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say, I'm really excited about this. The next Ip Man movie, if people are familiar with Ip Man, uh, the next Ip Man movie has Michelle Yeoh in it, as it also has Dave Bautista and Tony Jaa. Like, that's a movie I gotta see. Uh, we're gonna review Ip Man uh, when it comes out. Ip Man 6 or whatever this is. Um, as I said, you know, some of our best movies you've never seen. But of those three, Memoirs of a Gay Show is clearly the bottom. And as a huge James Bond fan, it pains me to say this, but Tomorrow Never Dies would be number two because Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is perfect. And I will make the argument Michelle Yeoh was probably worthy of an Oscar nomination in that movie. Um, and it's sad that she didn't get one. Uh, but yeah, I love Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon, and we still have to watch Crouching Tiger who too. Yes, we do. And people out there who are like, why would they make a sequel to Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon? Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon, the book was in a book series of like five novels, and it wasn't even the first part. They're just simply continuing the book series. Uh, but that's a rant for another episode. Anyways, that will be it for Star Trek Discovery this week. Um, we are, I guess, a few days ahead of where we normally are. Peace. Jamie wanted to watch this episode as soon as it aired. Usually it takes us a few days to watch these now. Oh, from the last episode, though, like it was a bad episode, but I thought they were for sure going to tie up this Tyler thing, and they did. You were excited just for the Tyler thing. Off the worst episode of the season, you were like, can we watch Star Trek Discovery? It's on tonight, isn't it? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I mean, it took us, you know, four more days or five more days to record it, but 
you know, we got it done. So who knows? One of these days we may do a back-to-back episode. Um, anyways, we will be back over the course of the weekend with some amazing race coverage for me and Rossi. Uh, the review, which we did tease last week of The Commuter, Jamie and I will be recording that tomorrow. Finally, Liam Neeson. Um, and we'll have lots to talk about with that. Uh, mostly talking about Nonstop, the movie that The Commuter is apparently a remake of. Uh, but Star Trek Discovery maybe a little bit sooner next week. Uh, anyways, that is it for us. My name is Colin, and uh, my bra also breaks a boob sweat. <laughs> uh, and my name is Jamie, and I am braless. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net. <laughs> <laughs>